Blog Talk Radio. Like, the last year, I've been wondering why there was that, that slight hesitation before my music started, and now I know. It's because I had muted the the blog talk radio um, announcement, and their service still leaves room for it at the front of your podcast, whether you have it turned on or not. How irritating is that? I had... um. Had some account issues earlier today. What had happened was is that the credit card I was using for the um, the the service expired, and I didn't realize it had expired, and the payment didn't process, and they didn't even send me an email or anything, um, just nothing. And so when I went to do my show, it was like you don't have a premium account, and I was like, yes, I do. And I got all upset because you know. Hello, and then I realized that I had left my old bank card on there, which had expired, and so I had to put the new card in, and then I had to wait for it to set up, So, which is why I briefly had on this particular one that there could be technical difficulties, so I guess because it had reset to a free account, that stupid blog talk chime ended up back on it without my permission. I wanted to say that during my last podcast, I was a little rude. I don't regret anything I said, and I still mean it all. I just probably wouldn't have said it if I hadn't had a very irritating day. Anyways, um, but I don't regret it. That's not what that's about. I'm just saying that normally that isn't the kind of shit that I would say out loud. It's those things that, you know, you have in your head that you don't say, that you that you, that you think, that really you think, because, um, but, uh, yeah, that's what happened. So, I... I said things that I don't normally, um, I got distracted by the chat room. For those of you who are on the podcast, um, somebody said something in the chat room and it kind of threw me off and, um, I just kind of like, I mentally blanked. It was, it was so, so sorry for the silence, uh, and all that. So if you're not using Chrome and you're glitching, you might want to try that. I, I don't know. I, um, I only use Chrome. I, uh, have been using Chrome since Chrome came out because I was a Firefox user and um it was yeah it, I, I had some really bad experience with Firefox but mostly because it was fucking up my Facebook games and come on speaking of come on as a rule of thumb when a community establishes a set of rules you follow those rules. And if you ever in your life start to write the following sentence, I think you should stop and check yourself before you wreck yourself. And that sentence goes like this. I know this 
is against the rules, but I had to share this. If it's out of line, the moderators can delete it. Really? This has happened quite a few times in um, my Facebook group. For for general, um, for your information, um, if you ever decide that you need to write this sentence, don't. And if you have to preface something you're going to say with, I know this is against the rules, or I know this is rude, or I know this is racist, or I don't mean to be racist, or I don't mean... Yes, you do. Stop that shit. Really? If you have to apologize before you do something, maybe you shouldn't do it. If you're already making excuses for your behavior before you actually commit the behavior, or the, you know what I mean, you know what I mean, you need to stop and think about it. Just stop and think. Do I really want to do this? And also, for the record, my moderators don't need your fucking permission to do anything. Cross the board. In my group, on Rough Trade, they don't need your permission to do anything. Just letting you know. And also, don't waste their time. Because really, what you do when you do that, you go, I'm going to make work for somebody. (coughs) Because you know... You shouldn't be fucking posting it, but you do anyway, and what you do is you turn around and you make work for another human being. So serious. Stop being an asshole. I mean, it's just that simple. Stop being an asshole. So tonight's um, topic, I'm going to get there eventually, I promise. Tonight's topic is about works in progress, and... Spelunker 74, which, by the way, Spelunker, I think that's probably the dirtiest word that's not a cuss word in the English language. And I don't know why, because I know what it is. It's somebody who who dives around in caves and crawls around. Spelunking, you, you, you go into a cave. But whenever I hear the word or see the word Spelunker or Spelunking, I automatically think of fucking. And it's just, yeah. They plums the darkest places of the world. That's right. And I just automatically think of fucking. So I think it's just a really dirty word to me. And it's uh, it's just weird. Anyway, it's great. I think your name is awesome. Spelunker74 asked, I was wondering how you decided what to work on next without getting overwhelmed. Do you plan ahead of time what you will work on or write whatever and in whichever fandom you're writing, you're feeling like writing in at the moment? Okay. Here's the thing, I have a lot of works in progress, and no, Lady Holder, I don't want you to give a number to the chat room. I know we already discussed this, and there, and, and there is a number out there floating around. We don't need to advertise it. <laughs> Just saying. It's many. I have many works in progress. I write where the mood strikes me. I do plan all my projects in advance. 
I spend a great deal of time actually plotting my projects. I, depending on the length and depending on my goals, I can plot anywhere um, from like event plots, like chapter one, this, this, and this will happen. Or I'll do chapter one, scene one, scene two, scene three, scene four, scene five. Just depending on how much, um, sometimes plots are tighter. And if I have a really tight plot and I have a lot of um, foreshadowing in the front and I have a lot of buildup, I do plot by scene versus by event where I'll decide who's going to be in the scene and what needs to happen in it per scene, per chapter, throughout the entire book. Yes, it is a very large number. I have a lot of works in progress because, well, what happens is is um, I'll get an idea and I'll get a bunny and I'll make a new um notebook and one note and I'll write down all my details and sometimes if it's a really inspiring bunny I'll go ahead and start it just so I'll have something to play with later and so yes I do have lots of works in progress um it keeps my mind active it keeps me um the juices flowing so when I'm stuck on one thing I can flip over to another and um just I can keep moving, I can keep writing, because my goal on any day is to write, 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 write. And um, I write seven to nine hours a day. And so if I can't write on this, I move to the next. Because I'm um, rarely ever do I give in to the concept of writer's block. If I'm not writing or if I'm not in the mood to write, I research. I go to the library, I look at maps, I, I put together ideas. I research clothing or for, you know whatever I'm going to do. I, I I research rituals. Um I make plots. So even when I'm not writing, I'm doing writer activities. So I don't surrender to writer's block. And when I can't write and I'm not in the mood to plot, I read because I consider reading one of my biggest tools as a writer. When um when you can't do any, uh, when you can't write for some reason or you can't plot for one reason or another or you, or you need a resource to do this and you don't have it available so you're going to go get it later but you can't get it now, pick up a book because I believe that your single biggest tool in your writing arsenal is being a reader. If you're not a reader, you're not a writer. And you're most certainly not a writer that's going to grow. I, <clears throat> I'm i a very organized writer. Uh, so what happens is, like professionally, I have this article to write, and I'll, I'll make a list of things to do for this, this project, this article. Um, but when it comes to like my fandom, I just go where the wind blows me. I, I'm, you know, it's my hobby. It's my way of relaxing. It's my way of stretching my mind and opening myself up to concepts and testing things out and checking things and, you know, trying different types of, um, uh, rhythms. Um, I do tend to write in a rhythm, and if you if you look at the body of a work, um, I think that probably the best example of um, one of my pacing experiences would be Sentinels of Atlantis, the, that first season. My pace is very deliberate. And I have these experiments 
in my fan fiction because it's easier for me to do that there where I don't feel like if something fails, if I, if I make a mistake and, and then the pace isn't what I want it to be, it hurts exactly no one because most of my fan fiction readers don't care. <laughs> they don't care if my pace is a little off in Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. They don't give a shit. <laughs> if I've underdeveloped a character, they they won't even notice because um, it's my underdevelopment and they don't know what's missing. Um, and so I don't have to justify it to an editor if I if I miss something or if I do something wrong, I'll just go back and edit it. I edited several episodes of Sentinels of Atlantis um, since it was published, and sometimes there'll be a little thing in my email, didn't this happen? Did I imagine? No, you. it happened. I edited it, so, so, it, so it didn't happen anymore. Just, just think of it as a glitch in the Matrix. You know, so sometimes that happens, but well, professionally, you can't make those kinds of choices. Um you have to um uh there's a lot of restriction in professional writing that I don't experience in um in when I write in fandom so um it is my hobby it's it's how I relax and stretch my mind and and work through concepts and processes and figure out um how pace works for me and um you know how to move characters through scenes and I talk about word economics a lot um my word economics in fan fiction is always for shit because um, I'm <laughs> I'm so used to kind of relaxing and enjoying myself and and letting my story bloat that you know practicing word economics when it comes to fan fiction has become kind of difficult for me because I consider it a restriction and the last thing I want to do in my hobby is is be restricted you know uh, so. That happens, but right for over the last week, I have worked on um, Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. Part thirty is now at twenty one k. I am I uh, opened up uh, Pendragon, and I wrote that's the Pendragon Legacy, and I wrote five k on it. And let's see, um, I wrote. 4,000 words on the North Star this week. And um, my total for the week is around 36K, which is actually pretty big for me. But um, I had some stress, and so I kind of like, you know, retreated into my writing. When I'm stressed, I do that. And um, so so that was, uh, yeah. And I'm going to have a very stressful week next week. So um, I guess I'll be doing a lot of writing. Um, I would like to say that we are four days away from the rough trade deadline. We are also four days away from my book dropping, um, Fall for You. It's available on pre-order on Amazon and Kobo and All Romance Books and um, Bookstrand. It'll be available on um, Nook the day of release or maybe the day after release, depending on the distributor. So, that's what, that's the word. That's the word. I want to thank everybody who pre-ordered. It's not your fault that my editor has asked me for a sequel, but um, the pre-orders didn't help. But thank you. I appreciate it. I I appreciate it, and I hate you at the same time. It's a love-hate. It's a love-hate. 
I'm really proud of Fall for You. Um, I'm really pleased with my pacing and my character development and um, just just the rhythm of the story and, and how it worked and um, just um, the, the characters and, and how they fell and their movement throughout the story and the sex is smoking. And um, it's just, I, I feel really... Uh, uh, good about it. There's no pressure. It was just a request. So um, I haven't been pressured or offered a contract for an, another book. There was just, um, hey, if, if if you're writing a sequel, I'll make room for you next year on the schedule. Um, so I appreciate that. That's great. Um, so, but yeah, it's also, eh, you know, <laughs> it's good and bad. It it, it comes with the territory. Um, what was I going to talk about? But, um, yeah, so around 36K for the week, which is actually really good for me. Um, lately, I have um, been averaging about 25,000 words a week. Uh, so, um, and that's fandom and professional stuff. I've been writing a bunch of articles, and um, I wrote a seminar on um, uh, writing um, fantasy, uh, which kicked my ass, but I have to present it in the fall. Um, so, and, and just stuff like that. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been really interesting. Um, I led, um, I have a new um, baby writer in my writing group, and um, <sighs> they get younger every year. They get younger every single year. Or I'm getting older, one of the two. Um, they, uh, they come into um, these group situations with a great deal of expectations, and um, you just you don't want to pop their balloon. But on the other side of it, you just can't let them go around <laughs> thinking the things that they think. It's just a little crazy, right? You just no, honey. <laughs> It is very unlikely that your first book will sell millions. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, you know, hmm. And uh it's a thing. It's it's just a terrible thing. So anyways, um so I worked on Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. I worked on the Pendragon Legacy. I, I worked on the North Star this week. I um, I fiddled with my plot for Arc 2 of Tangled Destinies. And um, I uh, I'm I'm having a moment and, and, and this is my moment in Tangled Destinies and this is why I haven't started um, Tangled Destinies um and um, it's just a. Here's the thing. Uh, I want so much to write um, a certain scene, but if I write the scene, I have to start arc two before they go to the academy. But I really need to write arc two. At the academy. <sighs> but I desperately want to write their wedding on Beta Zed. 
But that will take place like three years before the academy. So uh, it's just, oh, it, it just, it hurts my feelings. It, it really does. It, it hurts my feelings because I don't know what to do because I, I, I really want to write the wedding. I don't like to do flashbacks to needs to take place uh, in um, the... See, the thing is, is I'm a very um, obsessive-compulsive plotter, and, and I have my plot set a certain way, and I have my arc set a certain way, and there's a rhythm, and there's a pace, and a side story takes away from it. An interlude, oh, it would be so lovely, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be so lovely to write the wedding? I mean, I already have the vows, and... Um, I did. <laughs> I wrote out their vows, and, I, and I, I wrote out how the bond would settle and who would be there. And it's just, it's, oh. But Arc 2 needs to take place at the Academy. So, um, um. <laughs> So that's my dilemma, and um, it's just it's it's a thing. It's a thing. I'll work it out, and I I don't think I'm going to not. Um, there's no way I'm not writing the wedding. I mean, there's just no way I'm not. I know I'm going to write the wedding, so uh, I don't know what that means for arc two. Um, because what happens is is if I post an interlude or a prologue, it's not a Bad idea, Azure. That's... Huh. See, then you did the prologue, and then the wedding, and then the hot sex the night, and then... And then it would be like... Three years later. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I just... You know. I'm, um... <laughs> Thank you, Azure. I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, I'm also um, working on um, my expansion of the North Star. Not the North Star, but Ties That Bind. Because I realized one of the reasons why I've been kind of stopping and rewriting and rewriting the North Star is because I wasn't done. And I, and I, I thought that I was. I thought that I had finished my plot. And then I realized that Rodney's character hasn't as hasn't advanced enough. He hasn't he hasn't grown enough throughout the arc that I wrote to to justify the ending that I, that I had written. So I need to um, add at least. I don't. I mean, there's some. Um, I'm I'm replotting, and it looks like um, ties that bind might be. 20 parts instead of 10. Uh, oh, I know, right? I know you're not upset. <laughs> I know none of you are upset. So, um, yeah, because um, I haven't even had any, like, um, there's just, I just, there's a lot missing. I, I feel like there's a lot missing. And so, um, they're going to go back to Pegasus and, um, I, um, I have some things on Earth that are going to happen in North Star, and they're going to go back to Pegasus, and um, I'm going to have some, um, maybe some mission-oriented episodes, maybe. I don't know, um, but I'm, 
Rodney's not ready, so therefore I'm not ready. And that means the story will go on <laughs> until we're all ready. <laughs> but, okay, so I did that, and then um, I wrote uh, – I finished off the first chapter of Dragon Rising, which is book two in um, the War Mages trilogy. I, um, I'm i really, really happy with it. Now, I had to stop and back up a little bit because I got distracted by something and I had to... <laughs> I've been plotting my... Um, my Nano project, which is a threesome for for Harry and Hermione, and um, I inadvertently, when I was writing on chapter one of Dragon Rising, uh, no, Dragon Rising, oh, that's the wrong one. Dra- um, Dragon Rising is uh, I used the wrong title, not the wrong story. Dragon Rising is part two of Birth of the Serpent King series. Um, What the hell is the name of that book two in War Mages? See, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's what happens when you have a whole bunch of work in progress, like a hundred or something, something like that. There are quite a few. Hold on. Um, War Mages. Okay, so book two in War Mages is those magic changes, and that's what I wrote chapter one on this week. Um, but what had happened was, is I, I, I inadvertently gave a little vibe of a threesome by accident because I've been working on the plot for Darkly Loyal, <laughs> which is a threesome for Harry, Hermione, and Draco. But that does not work in War Mages because um, Harry's not by in in, in in War Mages, so that won't work there. But I inadvertently did it when I was writing, and and that can happen. You know, it's just a little vibe, a a, a little hitch. That I had to pull out, so if so, it, so it, it wasn't a big deal. I just kind of caught myself doing it because um, I'm. It, there's a lot uh, of interaction in my head with uh, Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond and Darkly Loyal and um, War Mages, and so I had to do some um, separation to kind of separate them out. You can't see me, but I'm totally waving my hands around. Like, I physically separated my stories in my head. And I parted the waters, and Moses walked through. I'm just kidding. That might have been sacrilegious. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, I did finish my plot for Darkly Lowell. It's dark as fuck. There's actually a sentence in my plot that goes, and it ends with this. And Harry kills Percy. <laughs> this is, I don't even. Oh. So that's yeah that that's in my plot yeah. <laughs> I got. <laughs> it you know I actually. It is almost, I mean, he is so not guilty throughout this whole, this whole story is written from Harry's point of view, because it's a single POV challenge for, for Nano, and he, he is absolutely unrepentant, and, um, he doesn't give a shit, and it actually, there's all, there's a line, because it makes Hermione feel better that he killed Percy, that Harry looks through his list, his hit list, because he's got one, to see who he could kill to make Draco feel better, <laughs> as a gift, 
That's right. That's how dark that shit is. And I'm not even, I mean, I don't even, it's it's actually kind of um, fun and terrible at the same time. Because they're all kind of crazy. And, um, but it's not their fault. Anyways, I, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying, um, I really enjoy plotting Darkly Loyal. And, um, Harry, you know, killing all these people and, and blaming Voldemort and throwing Dark Mark around everywhere. <laughs> it's just great. It's fantastic. I'm I'm really enjoying myself. Um uh, he's gonna kill practically I mean a lot of people die. And um I don't even feel like it's like boom, check it off, check it off, check it off. There's like thirty people on his hit list. And I'm I'm really amused um by the whole thing. And um it borders on crack, to be honest. It's, it's probably the closest I'll ever get to writing crack because it's so matter of fact. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't even care. He it, it becomes like he doesn't even give a shit if he gets caught. He literally doesn't care, and he said, "Boom." <laughs> Anyways, I'm. I'm having fun, and so that's what counts when um, when you write for my hobby work. Is, is I'm, I'm supposed to be having fun with it, and um, it's supposed to stress me out or make me mad or, you know, just frustrate me. And so uh, I, I'm really enjoying that. Well, let's start work on this week. I, um, I opened up a really old works, work in progress. I I read through it. I di- I didn't make any um I I didn't add anything to it, but I, I I looked at it for a long time and um I'm I'm almost con- I stopped working on this particular project because um my plot wasn't going where I wanted it to go. It it wasn't smoothing out the way I thought it should and my and my falling action wasn't going to be met logically um with my climax. It was just it was just it was all haphazard and weird and I wasn't thrilled with it. And so I did some replotting on it. Not in the actual writing and I'm really thrilled with um what I've plotted and I think that my main problem with the fic beyond the harassment that I got for it Oh, what what happened? What happened? Where'd it go? Oh, oh fuck all y'all. <sighs> that Jilly and I talked about um, episodes versus uh, installments, like you know, novella installments in in series. And I realized that while I had plotted a a very large novel for the unspeakable plot, I had actually written it in an episode format. And that's when I I kind of lost the plot a little near the you know you know where I stopped. And and it's because um as I got deeper into the story my events got a little shallow which didn't fit the rest of what I had written. So I've kind of gone back to the drawing board and I think I will be doing it in episode format kind of like I did well, like I've done Sentinels of Atlantis and Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, because that's what I wrote at first, and then my events got shallow and, and weird, and it stalled me out. So I think I figured out the problem that I was having with it, and I've also um, 
found a lot that I can insert into the front. So I think that most of season one is actually already written. Um, so what I'm going to do is start separating it out into episodes and um, get it um, into beta. So I would hope to see the first ten episodes next quarter, like after the new year, um, through probably April, I don't know. Anyways, so I've been working on that and, and trying to figure out where I went wrong, and I I, I think I've accomplished it, and I, I feel a lot better about the unsequel plot and where it's going to go, and so, yeah, there's that. And, um, <coughs> almost finished with the last episode of Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond for season one. Season two is, um, I'm on the fence about doing a time jump. I don't know. I'm I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I I want to do a time jump because I kind of want to get them out of school, but there's still some stories I need to tell from school. And, you know, so I'm, I'm on the fence about it. But I know that episode 30 is my final episode for season one. Where I start season two, I have two different plots. Plotted because I realized um, I had plotted a time jump to uh, the summer, actually. And um, because I was tired of them being in school. But then I realized that I have some stuff I need to build into it. So I'm probably going to back it up um, and replot a little bit. And that's about all that. I, You know, when it comes to works in progress, especially if you're not writing for pay, I think you need to go where you're... Where where your mind wants to go and just not even worry about it and not stress about it and don't worry about your readers don't don't get all bent about what your readers are expecting from you or what you have expected from yourself or what you've announced i think the biggest mistake i made when i first entered fandom was being very open about when i expect when i expected projects to be completed because it gave people room to harass me more than normal about when something was going to come out and um so don't promise your readers anything and and don't tell them that this is going to happen on this date um because it, if you don't deliver they they're just going to harass the fuck out of you and and there's no point and whether some of them are going to do it regardless but there are plenty of people who wouldn't do it who will do it if you miss the deadline that you publicized Yeah, deadlines are a recipe for disaster. I think that it's always super insulting when um, you put a lot of effort into something and someone immediately, you know, they they read it and then they, oh, when's the next one? Because Holly said in the chat room that um, she just posted a 5,000-word chapter on a work in progress and the first comment was, great chapter, when is the next one? I would have deleted that shit or alternatively responded with fuck you but that's just me because that's the kind of person i am i'm not recommending that to anybody um because i already get in enough trouble in fandom well not really trouble because none of these bitches actually have the ability to impact me that way um but i get enough grief for being a bad influence um 
I once posted an entire novel in a day. It was um, it was Birth of the Serpent King, and it was like one hundred and twenty k, isn't it? I mean, it, it's something like that, a little over a hundred. It had to be over a hundred um, k. That Birth of the Serpent King. I published the whole thing at once in a single day, and I got um, the first four comments were about. When they could expect a sequel. Wow. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Don't be that person. If if you're listening and and you read something amazing and you desperately want the next part, don't say it. Just just don't say it because it's it's terrible. And I I think that people who say it literally have no idea what uh it takes to put together a 100k novel um they they have this expectation that i don't i mean i don't even know what they're thinking because they can't possibly think it just flows out of me and uh, it... anyways don't be that person. Don't don't be the, the the people who do that kind of shit because it's really unfair to the writer, and it makes you look like an asshole. And you don't want to look like an asshole, do you? Well, you might. I don't know. Um, but I don't want you to. I don't want you to look like an asshole. But more importantly, I don't want you to be an asshole to me. And if you take these lessons and demonstrate your non-assholery to other authors in fandom, I appreciate that. But more, but most importantly, I want you to be nice to me. And you can be nice to others as a side effect. <laughs> I was just saying. I just, um, it's important that, um, you give positive feedback, especially to authors, uh, to all authors. It's, it's, it's really good to give positive feedback. And if you can't give positive feedback, don't give any feedback. And if you can't avoid inserting your own wants and desires into your feedback, don't give feedback. Or if you can't expound on your joy without being an asshole, just say, this was great, thank you, and then hit send and don't send anything else. Because this was great and thank you, it's a lot better than, I wish this was longer, thank you. When's the next part? Fuck you. Just... On behalf of every author out there, if you have ever asked a writer within six months of something being published, when you could expect the next part, fuck you. I am so serious. Just don't. I don't care if you're paying for it or not. Just don't. It isn't like writers are a factory. They just can't throw this out 
onto a piece of paper and get it published in time just to make you happy. That's not actually how it works. Writing is a creative process. It is time-consuming. It is mentally and emotionally taxing. This is a gift. And it is a gift they give to you when they give you their words. Here, read my words. Read what I wrote. It is a gift. And when you don't appreciate that gift, it makes you an asshole. And remember the rule. The first rule is don't be an asshole. <clears throat> Julie says, I get that people are trying to show they're invested in the author's work, but it's causing offense, so a compliment so the compliment is lost. I think, yeah, because a lot of times I can I can really tell, oh, I'm really glad you're really invested in my work. Would you please stop emailing me every fucking day and asking me how my writing is going? I would appreciate that. I really would. Um... I don't even know. I get so tired of being poked. I I get so tired um of of being um prodded. I don't actually need to be reminded of your favorite work in progress. I don't write for you. I write for me. I write where my mood takes me. So even knowing where your what your favorite is, it it literally has no I don't care what your favorite is. Because it doesn't impact me. It it isn't going to make me decide to write on your particular story that you like best. That's not actually how that works for me. And I am not one of those people I hate the the only thing I think I hate more than people who hold their stories hostage for feedback are the people who say the following words or they type the following words at the end of their fucking installments on fucking fanfiction fucking net when they say feedback makes me write faster I want to stab you bitches. I want to stab you. Probably in a place that wouldn't be fatal. Because you teach readers a really terrible and horrible habit. Because they believe that bullshit. Feedback makes me write faster. You fucking assholes. You fucking assholes. Stop doing this to other writers because you're not just impacting yourself and you're not just impacting um, 
they're not just your readers. They're my readers, too. And they're Jilly's readers. And they're Lady Holder's readers. And they're Azure's readers. And they're Senna's readers. And they're, they're everybody's fucking readers. And you're teaching them terrible, stupid fucking habits. So you need to stop. Also, I think that maybe um, my bad move from the other day really isn't completely gone. And I'm stuck on my computer with my fucking, my fucking microphone and my bag of Snickers is downstairs. And this is just like, it's not the most terrible thing that ever happened to me, but it's pretty close. Because <laughs> my Snickers are far away. They're way over there. And I'm here. My Snickers. Although I shouldn't be eating on this microphone anyway because it picks up everything. I'm over here wheezing. <coughs> You guys can hear that shit. I, I listened to one of my podcasts, and I was like, oh, God, that ter- that noise is terrible. But that's just me breathing. I promise you I'm not over here on, in an iron lung. I just, I have asthma, so I have a little wheeze, and my, and my microphone picks it up, and it's just terrible. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, well, let's see. Lady Holder, are you at home? Are you in the chat room? Hello. Hello. How do you pick a work in progress to work on? Uh, Throw it against the wall and see what's fixed. (laughs) (laughs) Actually... You're not. If that's tiramisu, you're not throwing it against the wall to see if it sticks. No, I mean your chocolate. No, that's. I don't know that's chocolate. <laughs> Wait. Yes. Um. You uh, have tiramisu. I don't know. He put something in the refrigerator. It's an Italian restaurant. He ordered from it. Kind of te- technically means there might be tiramisu. I hate you. <laughs> Whatever dessert is, she's not real happy with us. I hate you both, like with a thousand suns. Uh, she hates us both with the power of a thousand suns. <laughs> Tiramisu is literally passe. my favorite. Figure out a new, a new line. Oh, we're passe. We have to figure out a new line. Uh, I don't give what? a shit. Go away. <laughs> <clears throat> So, how do I figure out something to write with, or write on? Um, you're helpful. He's home for the next week, too, so that's why he's on the broadcast. <laughs> um, honestly, I I will read through stuff. Um, right now, I actually am um, hammering away at uh, parts of the uh, NCIS story I've got going. Mm-hmm. I must see most of it. Yeah, no, I got Okay. Hey, deep fried cauliflower. I'm all for it. Um, but it's, uh, I'm still working on that one. And I actually figured out with um, Jilly and uh, Azure, uh, was it Azure or was it Senna? I don't know. It was, it was uh, several people in the mod group. Um, 
some spirit animals that I needed that I that I wanted to use in this. So you know that was a good time, and you know. Um, By the way, you can tell her it's cheesecake. Oh, it's cheesecake. Well, I don't feel as I don't, I don't hate you too much. Oh, she doesn't hate us too much now. Please, cheesecake. It's the best thing ever. You don't like cheesecake? I don't Tiramisu know. Tiramisu is better. Tiramisu is better. <gasps> Did he just say he didn't like me on my podcast? Yes. Oh, my God. I like, I like cheesecake just fine. I prefer turtle cheesecake, actually. And fuck him in his eye. <laughs> She, she says fuck you in the eye. She prefers, you know, she likes cheesecake, but, you know, still. Fuck me in the eye. Yes. With the Battlestar Galactica. How rude. <laughs> the retro one, not the new one. The one's air, no. Oh, the square oh, one, not you, the aerodynamic one. Fuck you in one. the eye with the Battlestar Galactica, the old retro one. <laughs> not the new one. <laughs> Whew. <laughs> he said he didn't lie yeah, well, on my own fucking podcast. <clears throat> you insulted her on her own podcast. <laughs> I have not yet begun to insult. This is true. Don't 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 encourage him, please. <laughs> You're the one that said it, not me. I'm over here hurt. Yeah. I'm not insulted. I'm hurt. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> The chat room, by the way, is 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 telling. Well, actually, they're kind of agreeing that she needs to come up with something new. <laughs> yes, isn't it, Jeff? Oh. Yeah. Well, it happens. Okay. So, as far as as. Bye. He is such a dickhead. I don't like him either. <laughs> Um, most of my work in progress is I just, I open them up, I look at them, I see, you know, is this something I want to write on? Um, and then, you know, if it is, I just, I start writing it. Sometimes it's, I get an urge and I write, um, one, (laughs) one scene. Um, I, I've got floating in the works in progress list um i've got an interlude for the one where everybody abandons earth and you know that's going to take some time before i actually get to that point but it's written and it's it's far in the future of the thing but i wanted to write it so you know whatever you know i don't writing is is you know whatever catches my attention at that moment be gluten-free. I couldn't either. That's a terrible way to live. It's terrible. Husband, darling, love of my life. The only way you're going to be gluten-free is if I roast your dumb ass and eat you. (laughs) (laughs) 
least she has a plan for the end of the world. Now we know. <laughs> I do. We have plenty, just not yours. I have an outstanding sense of humor. He's just not funny. He's an asshole. <laughs> I'm I'm well and well and truly. Um, Aren't they all? Yes. Well. <clears throat> oh, please don't share. Please don't share. I'm not going to share his humor. I don't I mean, mean, not, mean you. I meant the person in the chat room talking about terrible things that happened to her when she eats gluten. I don't want to know. Uh, I'm all for that one. Don't Let's pass. share. <laughs> I have a rule about stuff like that. <clears throat> yes, that's not... You've that never a... seen me on my podcast talking about prepping for a colonoscopy, have you? No, you have not, because I have rules about that. Yeah, well... Oh, speaking of which, I need I a fucking exe- appointment for that. Some I think I'm bullshit. exempt from that one. You're not exempt for, from I, that. I, I am, too. For no, all sorts not. of things. <clears throat> right, bullshit. <laughs> I believe that one, but I really don't. Hmm. That's because most of the time you're at fucking work when I do stuff like that, so I'm not going to call you and harass you at work. Thank you, God. I mean, I shouldn't. You shouldn't. Now, (laughs) I will cheerfully admit, if I see your number flash on my screen, the chances of me actually paying attention to anybody at work are nil. You know? (laughs) It's just like <laughs> husband, sending her text know. messages. <laughs> yes. Hey, just click, 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 click. <laughs> this is terrible. Why is this happening to me? And I'm sitting here going, oh, shit, what the hell's going on? Racking your brains. Um, okay. I will the fun ones are... If you've never had colonoscopy, I will share one thing with you. They give you this liquid um, to drink the the day before, and you're not allowed to eat. You're you're not allowed to eat for like 24 hours before your colonoscopy. And this liquid does certain things to your body that we won't discuss. I think you can figure out what it is. Um, Oh, yeah, you better have figured it out. But it tastes like the worst thing you will ever put in your mouth. And they give you these flavors so you can flavor it like cherry or lime. Isn't that just like a uh, self-torture thing right there? It's terrible. It's like drinking salt water. A whole gallon of salt water. Ew. It is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and my like it comes with three flower, like three flavor packs. I can do lime, <clears throat> lemon, or maybe a lemon lime. I don't remember, but um, you don't get any good ones. Yeah, no, no. And it's terrible. And all I had to, all I, all I could eat the whole day was a fucking Jello, lime Jello. They don't want you to have anything purple or red in it, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah, you can have Gatorade or or, or, or lemonade, um, and that's really and tea. Uh, you can have tea, and that's just about it. 
I was allowed hmm. tea. I was allowed tea first thing that morning, but after mid afternoon, I wasn't allowed any tea. And then I could have water. And then I wasn't allowed anything after midnight whatsoever. Now I have diabetes, so I actually had to take um, uh, glucose to keep my sugar oh, up. Um, it was terrible, very terrible. I don't recommend it. I I I did have some yep. chicken broth. Yes, I. I, I was without chicken broth, but that's just nastiness. I, I mean, it's just just nastiness. And um, but this isn't something you should skip. Just like getting, um, just like getting your breast checked once a year, you should go get a colonoscopy um, every five years or or sooner or you know more often depending on what your doctor says after forty. Mm-hmm. Because my grandma died of colon cancer, and that is the last thing you want to do. And if they catch it early. It's really beneficial for you, and there's a high survival rate. But dying of colon cancer looked to be one of the most painful things I've ever seen. I, It was excruciatingly painful. There's not enough morphine in the world. Well, you can't take enough sounds to like actually it. stop hurting. Yeah, it sounds like it. Okay, so let's get off the depression topic here. Right, yeah. Back to works in progress. Um you realize you only put this thing in for 30 minutes? At least that's no. what it says on my screen. Oh, well. Okay, whatever. Two hours. Hey, that's even better. Um, I guess I haven't refreshed. Okay, who cares? <clears throat> so, um, doing the, the works in progress thing is... The the hard part for me at this point is I've hit pretty much spots on all of them where I either need to do some research or I need to figure out exactly where I'm going next. Because out of all the people you know, I'm probably the purest cancer that you've got. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's terrible. Yes, isn't it just? Because you and I write completely different. And I think actually that might be what's giving you screaming fits about uh, beautiful and dangerous things. Could be. Yeah. So, you know, you know do you want to hammer that out one of these days? Mm. I'd like to finish that thing. <laughs> you know, it's um, the the... The things that I like, you know, um, about my works in progress are very few because at this point they're still they're works in progress. They piss me off because they're not finished, and it's something that I want to get done. But then I sometimes I open up my stuff and I close it right away because. Eh. <laughs> well, there's the eh. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You, you look at it and you're just like shrug. Um, <clears throat> I'm ignoring the chat room at the moment. It's safer for everybody. <laughs> See, that's the problem with working with a pantser, actually. Um, I'm a plotter. What? I, I am if you put a plot up, I'll follow it. Diehard plotter. Um, but working with someone who who is not naturally a plotter, they'll they'll do things and they'll write things and you're like, what am I supposed to fucking do with that? I can't believe you killed me. Oh my God. What am I going to do? She's totally off. Excuse me. At that, you know, and, 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 and you at that point, you and I weren't sharing a brain. 
true enough. Um, right. and honestly, you can't even get mad at a pantser for doing this. This is because this is their process. And um, I it made sense. It was actually a really nice thing. It, it showed some emotional growth. She killed my comic relief. I may have killed your comic relief, but I actually it was kind of a nice thing that that you know. No. How, you know what what happened with the end result of it? Whatever. No. no. See, here's the Whatever. thing. We're writing a really dark story. There's murder yes. and there's the darkness in it. And sometimes when there's a lot of darkness, you need a little moment, a little shine of comedy to kind of break it up. And that's what Miles Key Lady mm-hmm. is. He's a little comic relief. Well, Lady Holder killed her. <laughs> yes, I killed her. She killed you brought her back. Relief. I did. I just you didn't delete. tell me it was comic relief. I just I she was this this you know character that that you know she's a nice old lady. She's just got this slight problem that she can't remember how to turn off her goddamn kettle for the love nor money. You and know? it's you know it's it's just it's it, it's part of the tapestry of Sherlock's neighborhood, and it's just a little comedy, a, a little light mm-hmm. moment that he has, and that the reader gets to have because he has it, and um. Yeah, so that's uh, that boils down to two things: one, r- working with a pantser, and two, not communicating. We communicate much better now. <laughs> but what I want to also <laughs> say about pantsers is that I have only two pantsers in my writing group, um, and mm. I find them frustrating as fuck. I try not to. Well, you don't count. <laughs> Um, you don't, <coughs> you don't frustrate me the same way, because oh, these okay. assholes well, in my in my writing group they will um, complain about being stuck, and no, <coughs> the rest of us are plotters, and there is no piece of advice we can give them that they will take or that they will accept. They um, dismiss anything to do with plotting. One of them thinks that having her story called plot-driven is an insult. Uh? Uh, Yeah, okay, there are actually two kinds of stories that you tell. There are character-driven stories, which that's plot, that's your movement of your story being driven by the development of your character. And then there are plot-driven stories. Um, that's what and we're those, doing. That's what we're doing. And those are stories where your characters are moved by events outside of their control. Um, a really good example of a character-driven story is almost um, um, we look at uh, what's it called? Castaway. Uh, he has thrown into a situation mm-hmm. um, outside of his control. The rest of the movie is his survival and his development and his movement through the story. So the plot of the movie is driven by his actions from the moment he crashes on that island until he gets himself rescued. He, his character has a destiny arc. And... um a lot of writers uh, tend to write that way. They tend to write where their character impacts their plot from the big event forward. 
And it's, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, I don't like it. Okay. I find it kind of unrealistic because, um, yes, you can impact your environment, but there will always be things outside of your control. Now, in Cassie's so way, there are moments not... that are absolutely out of his control, that, that he loses oh, yeah. um, control of the plot. But um, these are events that he overcomes. They're not events that impact him terribly beyond the actual crash. These are moments that he overcomes. They're his challenges. They're not... Um, Events that stop him in his tracks, and um, <clears throat> I, that's just. But anyway, this this, this one particular writer, um, uh, she got told at a seminar that um, her book was plot driven, and she was furious. You know what? Plot driven is not a bad thing. <clears throat> She's stupid. All books have a fucking plot. If they don't, you've got problems. If you don't, then you don't have a book. You have a mini- you have a meandering um, grouping of paragraphs. <laughs> just... That explains some things. It does, doesn't it? But I but I really um, I don't understand how pantsers work. I mean, you can tell me how you do your thing, and I can listen to you tell me how you do your thing, but I still couldn't emulate your thing, and um, I still don't quite get it. Yeah, but, last time you and I talked about this, you you look. I basically, if we'd done a Skype session and where we actually were looking at each other, the look you would have been giving me would have been give would have been the, um, what the fuck are you, what, you know, for for you know complete incomprehension. Be banging my head on the fucking desk, um, <laughs> and looking like the little brother on different strokes. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Yeah. I'm just saying. But the thing is, that's my imitation of Carrie Coleman. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a very minimal plot for, for a couple of things, you know, where I hit the high point, and that's what I'm going to be doing for, you know, Rough Trade, um, which, by the way, I put I, I just put in for. Um, okay. But it's, um, it's not going to be um, – as you're just right, pantsing is instinctive writing. There's a plot and a plan, um, but I'm not consciously aware of my process most of the time. I'm a little bit more aware because I, I there's a th- there's things I have to get to the end of that I want to get in. I know where my highlights are, what I what I want to put together. Um, I actually went back and. Um, um, on on. My last uh, Stargate one, <clears throat> I actually went and I, I checked my the outline I had done at the start to make sure I'd hit most of the high points, and I had. And I will eventually. And I'm not doing it right now because I've just I opened it and then I closed it. That's how bad it was. Um, my the epilogue that I'm, I'm probably going to end up doing for this for um, an uncomplicated choice. It's it's going to get there, but most of the high points have been hit. So, you know, it'll get there in, in time. Um, what I'm doing right now is I'm doing um, 
the my NCIS one, which is Linus Rampart, and again, that one I've got a or a Lion Rampart, I should say. I've got a. I know where I want to go. I know what's going to happen, you know, in in certain parts. But it's the getting there that I don't always have hammered out down to the team level. You know, which probably drives you bonkers. It all drives me bonkers. <sighs> it all it's a short trip some days, hon. Oh, by me. Did you guys hear that? Um, I would, but it's a long ways away. <laughs> um, I don't know what I was going to fucking say. So terrible to me. I try. When I'm writing, after I've done my plotting and my researching and my character profiles and I've I've um analyzed how my pace is going to work and, and how um how many words I'm gonna give this and how many words I'm gonna give that and I've got all that going on, I don't normally like look at my plot every time I sit down to write. I already have it in my head, so I don't have to go back to it. So once I get to writing, I have a very organic writing process, um, wherein that I don't have to often stop. In fact, I often will go through my entire first draft after I've plotted without looking at my plot too much, um, maybe like just like a, a, a check here and there. But I use my plot a lot more when I'm doing my second draft and when I'm working on um, smoothing out the edges and making sure everything is, is, is flowing the way it's supposed to flow. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, it's it, that makes a lot more sense, especially when you are, you know, it, it, when you're finishing up something before you turn it over to you know, a beta to make sure that it's everything is there. You know, um, you know, it's there's there's a couple things that I actually I went back and reread um, all the parts of that NCIS story because you know, as uh, as much as I store thick in my head, basically, I still need to actually reread my stuff. And um, I found a couple areas that when I put it all together, eventually I'm going to have to smooth out. But it started out as a rough draft that, that, you know, I I went and ran with. So, yeah, I'm going to be doing some odds and ends of uh, cleanup too. That's the most terrible thing I've ever seen in my chat room. Don't even know where it's going to end. Yeah, no, I'm... Here, here's here, here's the entire the mess the mess for those of you who are on the podcast. My current work in progress is now in its third notebook and it's totally pantsed. Don't even know when it's going to end, or the word count. Yeah, that no, that actually kind of breaks my heart. Actually, I I don't even know what to do with that. I mean, I I fully support you and and in, in you doing it. You you go right ahead. And, and go on with your bad self. Um, but it makes me very nervous as as a writer to, to approach something that way, to, to not know where I'm going to end. Um, even in the past when I've tried to pants, I usually did a pyramid plot where I knew my beginning, my middle, and my end. <laughs> I had to have something. Or it ends, or it ends up in the work in progress you know, file. 
and I get this, is this any good? Yeah. Would you look at this shit? Yeah. Why am I looking at this again? Because I don't know if it's any good. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I have to be really good and, and not sit there and engage in the, the um, fun and, and exciting game of what happens if. I think that yeah, I think that what happens with that what if or um especially like when it comes to big projects and word economics that I think that word economics must be the most difficult part of being a pantser. Being told I have to do something in 25,000 words damn near gives me a heart attack. Right. Um I imagine so. On the other hand, it means that when I when I do it, hey, it's a hell of a piece of an accomplishment. Um, but I actually will. I'm tighter with it. There's there's um, sometimes a lot of going back and ripping stuff out because um, I can't have the the full run of insanity that you know you can get away with otherwise. Um, is it limiting? Eh, no. It means that I just have to be careful and I have to actually think about what I'm doing. Okay. Um, I, I basically look at it as I've edited, um, I edited and got edited um, pretty harshly on my, my second, more my second and my third book. And it taught me a lot. And um, so <laughs> for uh, this this month's rough trade, I'm probably going to be a lot um, a lot more picky and choosy, and do a lot more to actually uh, pay attention to my word economics. Yeah, um, I think are- that. Yeah, I mean, I think if you are a pantser, especially when you're working in a professional environment and you're told that you need to deliver 75K and this is your due date and you get finished and you have 120, that you've got some major editing to do because you signed a contract mm-hmm. and you've got money in your hand. I did. And you can't, like, well, mm-hmm. not you particular. I'm just saying you in general, <laughs> as, you as a writer who's yeah, done I this. Um, I'm just being peanut gallery star. Um, I overshot my wad on... <laughs> On my first, uh, my second book, um, I uh, I had to deliver 90k, and when I finished, even though I did plot, um, I had 122k, and um, I didn't know where to cut, and I didn't know how to cut, and I was just like, I handed it over to to, to one of my writer friends, and I'm like, this needs to be 90,000 words, and it is currently 122, and she went, well, shit. I said, I know. <laughs> So I need you to go through, and I need you to tell me where I can cut because I can't do it. I can't. I, I can't see it. I can't. You get. You get I can't see where the cuts and, are. And um, she sent it back to me, I, and she had cut mm-hmm. it down to eighty nine thousand words. Oh God. <sighs> so I made the cuts. I evened it out. I turned it in. My agent called me and said, this is the best work you've ever done. 
Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And I didn't, oh, didn't even come up. <laughs> didn't even come up. And it used to be almost a third longer than it. Oh, no. It's it's crazy because um, the the story that you know came out the the um, the other end of the editing process it was tighter it was snappier it moved better I couldn't read it because I kept it's like do I cut any more where do I where do I trim some more and and that was my my that was my mindset at the end of it you know and that's um, and I I started. I started cutting, and it's like, um, <laughs> I really hope I'm doing this right. I kept sending it back, going, "Did I do enough? Do I need? Where do I need to cut more?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it becomes a thing, right? So, I, you know, uh-huh. yeah, sometimes it's very difficult, and um, it can be very stressful um, <clears throat> more economics when you when you have to meet um, a particular word count and that's super important in print markets because they um allot so much money for the publication of your book and the more and the and the longer your book is the more expensive it is to put into print and so you will find um that some some markets allow you to go big when others don't and some don't let you go big at first and you'll notice that the first Harry Potter book is quite short it's only like 79k Whereas the others are bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. The Order of the Phoenix is actually, yeah, yeah. The Order of the Phoenix is actually the longest of them all. Um, But her first one was like, yeah, her first one is only 79K. That that, that was her first book. It was rejected many times. Um, I, I often wondered if her rough draft, if the first book she put together for, um, the, uh, the Philosopher's Stone wasn't bigger, and she cut it and cut it and cut it until she found a publisher <clears throat> that would take it. Um, in fantasy markets, in fantasy markets, sci-fi markets, you um, you can go over a hundred. In um, mainstream fiction, depending on like trade, whether you're, you're going to hit a a genre market or a um, a, a, a trade market, you, you need to be between 75 and 90,000 words. And if you can't tell a story, um, a complete story, in, in in that kind of compact word count, then you're not going to get published. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi and fantasy allow for big books. Sometimes new writers even accomplish it, but most of the time, if you're a new writer, that's a big risk to take on a print I mean, that's a huge risk to put a new writer over 200K in a print novel. And so an ebook is a little bit different, um, but you got to think about the investment of editing and um, the mm-hmm. investment of cover art. And, um, you know, do I pay an editor to, to edit this before it goes to the to the publisher? You know, there's all these things that come into play when you're um, working professionally and, um for the record, no, do not pay um, an editing service to edit your book before it goes to a publisher. I thought I was being very good by just not throwing an absolute shit fit because it wasn't it, it wasn't the editor's fault, you know. Well, I you had learn. things I needed to get done with it. I did indeed. You learn. I think that um, if I ever go into an editing process um, where I don't learn, um, that I've got a problem. 
<clears throat> I learned a number of things with, with mine. I learned um, word economics is, is very definitely something that um, it's something that, that yeah, it, it makes all, all the sense in the world, but it's also a case of in some in some ways not um, not the number of words, but it's a case of ignoring my spouse. Um, but making sure that the um, making sure that the, the story I tell actually is is put together and, and sound and will will work and flow, you know, in ways that it needs to do. And, um, you know, if it's bloated and it's and it's big and it, it's just too chunky some days, it feels. I beg your pardon, I have not bloated as chunky. I'm not talking about you, dear. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he was worried that I was thinking he was bloated and chunky. Okay, no, that's my writing. <laughs> it's kind of cute, actually. <laughs> Holy Hannah. Echo says that The Wheel of Time, um, the fourth book is almost 400,000 words. Holy crap. I don't think that you can make a determination about something being pantsed or plotted um, based on word count. No. I, I think that if you when you read something, if you see some meandering, if you and that's sometimes just author vanity. Um, but I could plot 400K. I have, in fact, plotted 400K. Yeah, and we could probably pull it all together in one big monstrous huge ebook, and I'd sit there and pet it and call it my precious. Well, you will eventually because I'll be ties a bind. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying that um, that it's impossible to determine whether or not somebody's <clears throat> a plotter or a pantser based solely on word count because um, a organized and meticulous plotter can plot anywhere from four thousand words to four hundred thousand words. I certainly and besides could. that, I have. Besides that, the the the, the series in question—it's way too detailed for somebody to be sitting there and just flying by the seat of their ass. Yeah. You know, I think that when enough. you have a really big, big, huge plot, like well, see Harry Potter for example, um, there's mm-hmm. so many moving parts that even if she had pantsed the first book. By the time she got into book three or book four, she had to have a fuck ton of notes and mm-hmm. details and character sketches and plots. And there's just no way she didn't because otherwise it would have fallen apart. Mm-hmm. There's just so far you can get in a big series, especially like the Wheel of Time, where oh yeah, it just doesn't. I don't see the Wheel of Time being pantsed. I could be wrong. I, I just, um, it would fall under its own weight. Mm-hmm. Jeep 10 says it's um, 
four <laughs> four million worldly. Four million four hundred over fourteen books. Um, I just don't <clears throat> think it's possible that that was pants. I, I I really don't. I think it would have fallen on its own weight. There would be ginormous plot holes that you could like drive a semi through. Um. And I, I'm not trying to say that pantsing um, equals a simple plot. I'm just saying that once you get to a certain point in a big series, you have to start paying attention to your details and your plot and your characters and your movement. Because if you don't, it's going to just fall to pieces. And, you know, here here's the thing. I can't and have um, pantsed some pretty decent-sized Story straight up, no doubt, just sat down and hammered it out, beginning to end. Let's see where the flow takes me. Those are the, the challenge fix that I've done. There's nothing in those that's, that's um, that was planned other than making sure I used the concepts or the words that were, were required in there. And those are the only... Um, the only planning that went into those particular stories. As far as, um, you know, actually making sure that there's a logical flow, um, anything longer than the, 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 the challenge fic that I did, I knew where I wanted to go, beginning, middle, end, okay? And like I said before, I never, I, I don't, I rarely write it down. But I know where I'm going to go. So, for all the fact I call myself a pantser, there there is some planning there. It's just nobody really sees it. I can't point to a document and say, "Here's my 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 layout." All right. Um, my biggest and most honest layouts are for rough trades, any rough trades, because it's public. I have to. You know, it's something that I'm laying a process that normally lives in my head out on, on what amounts to virtual paper, okay, because that's how it's going to be sitting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, but no, I just, you know, I I don't understand the mind really much of a, of, of a panther, but um, <laughs> I respect I understand yours. That. Well, that's because I'm an anal retentive freak. I know it. Um, Speaking of sweet and lovely anal retentive of the term anal retentive, let me tell you a story about my mother. Over the weekend, oh um, for those of you who are not on Facebook, my mother had a little fender bender. Um oh and so she um currently has broke car syndrome because she's really upset about her car. Um so whenever she does something inappropriate, she'll say, well, I can't help it, I've got broke car syndrome. That's her <laughs> excuse, right? So, she's getting her car fixed on Monday, or is going to the dealer on Monday to get fixed, and she'll be in a rental car, and then maybe she'll have rental car syndrome. I don't know. Um, Anyways, my mom currently has broke car syndrome, and um, Mm -hmm. she had a speed sign. She hit a speed limit sign, scraped it down the side of her SUV from the front to the back. It crumpled the passenger side door. She probably did $8,000 in damage to her vehicle. I, I... and she hasn't made her first payment yet. It's due on the 15th. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> it's really upsetting. So she has broke car syndrome. Anyway, my mom, I asked her, uh, I, I can't even remember actually what she was doing, but um, we were sitting somewhere in the cafe that we don't normally sit, and she was actually very uncomfortable, and she just kept fidgeting around. I said, what is your problem? She says, you know I'm anal, and she stopped. <laughs> I said, nothing, mother. From now on, for the rest of your life, you must always finish that sentence. You just can't say, I'm anal. You have to say, I'm anal retentive. You have to put the retentive on the end of it because I'm anal by itself <laughs> has so many connotations to it that you can literally mean anything. And so you <laughs> must put retentive on the end of that sentence. And there was this man sitting at the table next to us, and he said, yeah, I agree. You, you definitely need to put something on the end of that <laughs> My mother. So she's sitting there, and she says, I need some apple pie. I said, they don't have any sugar-free apple pie. She said, I've got broke car syndrome. I need an apple pie. So I I had to go to the bakery next door to the cafe to get a sugar-free pie, and I bring it in, and um, she gets a piece of pie, and, and um, it still didn't help her her broke car syndrome. I don't even know what to do about her broke car syndrome. She's she's going to the dealer tomorrow, and hopefully they will keep her vehicle um I don't know how long they'll keep it, but every single day that they do keep it, she'll probably continue to claim broke car syndrome. And (laughs) (sighs) Uh at least until it returns to her her greedy little hands. And it is a beautiful ride. It is gorgeous. It's a 2015 um, Ford Explorer. Mm -hmm. It's silver. Fucking gorgeous! It is loaded. She has double sunroofs. Um, oh Jesus! A backup camera. She got the full deal. She got the luxury model of this vehicle, um, and it is it is a fucking amazing ride. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's like smooth as fuck. But she's done fucked it up. Actually, really those looking. are those are kind of fun if they're rough. But whatever. <clears throat> she was she's in mourning, and so you have to forgive her analness. Anal retentive. It's your mother. (sighs) So, um, um, Barbara, who's also uh, Twilight Seeker, and I went out to um, the women's, or, or actually, we went out to dinner or lunch with, with my mom. My mom and I went to um, uh, the Women's Expo today. And, you know, we're going around and, and I'm, you know, noticing a large number of, you know, um, religiously sensitive romantic novel book, um, places. <laughs> Okay, which basically means that, you know, I, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it, 
and I look at my mom and it's like, mom, would it be in bad taste if I got, um, uh, you know, cards, you know, made up that said, you know, my pen name, um, you know, erotic, you know, romance, and then just dropped it into these things. Because <laughs> they've got yeah, bowls. Funny as fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. My mom looked at me and she goes, you know, her her reaction was basically, no. But mom, come on, let me have some fun. And she's like, why are you tormenting these people that way? <laughs> like, it's, it's, this is what they're writing? You know, let, let's see if they can actually, you know, get a stir out of something a little more interesting. <laughs> so... I'm really thinking about making up a set of business cards just for that. Also, the handout to the people because I've got, I've got a nice T-shirt that says, um, um, "My my superpower is I'm a writer. What's yours?" And last time I wore it, somebody looked at me very seriously and asked, "So what do you write?" And I looked at them and I said, "Erotica." So you know, I'm I'm owning up to what I write. I'm gonna tell you a story. Yeah. Once I was oh God, in Starbucks. This is always great. And um, I think I might have told this story once on Live Journal, but um, it'll be better since I'm saying it. <laughs> um, um, I'm in a Starbucks and I'm writing, and I am sitting there minding my own business, minding my own never mind, as my grandma would say. And um, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm writing, and I have been writing, writing, writing. And this lady sit down at the table next to me, but she was facing me like, a, you know, she was sitting at the opposite mm-hmm. chair. At her own table, and she was watching me, and I saw her out of the corner of my eye, but I had my headphones on. I'm trying to keep my headphones on, but I ran out of coffee. Oh, so I take the thing. headphones off and get more coffee, and I come back to the table, and she was like, "So, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Now, sitting mm-hmm. next to me on the other side was um, this guy. He was um, a, a, a Navy vet, and he played video games, and um, he just played them constantly. He was over there playing, um, I think he might have been playing, um, I don't even know what he was playing, to be honest, um, some strategy game. Anyways, he um, he, <laughs> he laughs a little because we've already had this conversation once before. And um, I told her that I'm... That I that I write that I, that I was a writer and she says oh what do you write and I said erotic romance and she said what's that like <laughs> and before I can help myself you ever have that moment when you know you you shouldn't say something but you do and anyway do I said it's yes. kind of like Fight Club oh God and her face went through this this range of emotions that I don't know her so I had no idea what she was thinking and she she settles on this like this confused frown she says I don't know what that means and the Navy vet pops up just like he didn't even the first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club <laughs> oh god I think I was yeah I put my I on um... back to writing <laughs> uh-huh. I I don't even know where I was. 
um, you know, on I don't remember if I was on LiveJournal, if I was on Facebook, whatever. I was trying to write for Mating Hunt. I was trying to write one of the threesome sex scenes, or the, the threesome sex scene, I should say. And so, you know, I'm I'm trying to write it and trying to write it. I'm in Denny's, all right? And there's a table full of kids, small children. And, you know, I'm trying to get into the, the mental groove of writing sex. I'm doing it in Denny's. Okay, fine, whatever. I've done it before. And I'm looking around, and there's all these small children. It's like, you know, this is not going to work. Minimize that one, and I pulled up something else, and I started writing on that because, no, it just you I cannot write. You cannot write the p o r n when there are children around. Small children at that. It's impossible. It was. It was definitely not something that was going to go over well for me. No. So, you know, it it ended up being. I opened up something and, and started writing. I think I was writing on my um, Evil Author Day stuff. But, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, that one's, that one's lost. <laughs> Kids left. I opened everything else. Ashley uh, says, idiot, what are you writing? Me, cookbooks for cannibals. Oh, God. I'll have to remember that one. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not, it's just, yeah, I've the worst thing that I do is if somebody asks me a really obvious question, I always answer negative. Like if my husband comes into the kitchen and says, are you cooking? Nope. I could be standing there over a pot, a, a pan of <laughs> eggs. Nope. <laughs> I have given mine the the fuck is wrong with you, look, you know, as I'm doing something. What I'm doing? Advanced astrophysics? What? I'm building a rocket yeah. in the kitchen with eggs. What? You know. What are you doing? Yeah. Can't you see what I'm doing? Why do you have to ask me what I'm doing? What? Oh. <laughs> as that's disgusting. Azure finishes her comments that she says it uh, for for the cookbooks for cannibals. It helps if you carry a book on cadavers. I once had a book on the body farm. I carry I carry around with me everywhere. It really <laughs> helped people stay away from me. I thought that's why you brought your mother along now. Oh, she helps. Yeah, because. If I remember right, she heckled somebody. She did. And also, my my resting bitch face isn't working as well as it used to. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the gray hair. I need to dye my hair more often. What, they're starting to think your resting bitch face is just, you know, sweet elderly lady type thing? I don't think so. I don't think so, no. I'm not sure that's it. I, I, um, I have that I'm full I'm sure that's not right, going to happen. That rogue thing going up the front of my face. You know, in front of my head. Um, Aww. Shining silver like tinsel. It's ridiculous. Um, so, I this lady asked me if I dyed it that way. Uh, no. Who would do this? Apparently she would. 
because she wanted to know who did it so she could go get her, go get her hair done. Way, I said, like, "This is natural. This is just what's happening to my head." Uh, no, I'm just going. I've got what looks like tinsel streaks through my hair. Thanks. <clears throat> Good times. Did you guys see that video where that where they were interviewing Bernie Sanders, and the reporter asked him? That if he dies in office, can we just pretend he's still alive like Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> and Bernie no. said yes. And the, the reporter says, well, can you just go ahead and, like, you know, pretend? And so Bernie slumped down and put on some sunglasses and acted like he was Bernie. <laughs> <from> Bernie. <sighs> it was he has fucking hilarious. Humor. It was fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. Oh, God. oh if you have not I am seen so glad that, that man has a sense of humor. If you have not seen that, get on the internet and look it up. It is fucking hilarious. Oh, man. He put on the sunglasses and everything. It was, it was fantastic. You know, that man definitely... I'm glad he has a sense of humor. He's going to need it badly. I know, right? Yeah. We can't go there because I would rant for the next two hours and I only got seventeen minutes left on my show. Um Yeah, no, let's go let's go back. Um works in progress. Um <laughs> The worst part for me is sometimes when you open up a work in progress, you read through it, you say no. You open up a new uh you know, look at your your, your whole file and just say fuck it and just open a new one and start again. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Fuck this new document. I've done it. Obviously, I've done it. I've done works in progress. There, I said it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. because Julie had put a link up to the video in the in the um chat room, and I will put it cool, I'll on. That. I'll put it. On, Actually, the yeah. the one that. The one that gets me is is not that it's it's where, and it, it I I fully and totally credit you and lay every ounce of of the insanity I gather from this to you because you go hey I've got this nifty idea and I go shit and I open up a new one and I start typing. <laughs> I plot bunny Billy the other day in the chat room. I'm not uh-huh. ashamed. No. I gave her a, 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 a an NCIS plot bunny. Mm-hmm. But I'm not telling you about it. It's a secret. <laughs> and also, I don't want you um, harassing her about Nagging. it. So don't go mm-hmm. emailing Jillian asking her what it was. Do not do that. Because if she does, if you do that, she's going to forward that email to me and I'm going to respond. Honestly, just don't poke at her because if you if you poke at her, she stops working at it, and that's pretty much true for anybody. I think that you, you know, know you just get this saturation point, and we talked about it before in fucking mm-hmm. pianos, and um, that you just get bogged down with other people's expectations, and and then you feel like you can't meet their expectations, and no matter what you do, they're going to um. I did. Okay, okay. I want to tell you another story. Um, Jilly recently updated her site, and she mm-hmm. had picked up my template because it's a really super awesome template and easy to use. And um, mm-hmm. 
So she put the template on her site and made her some new art and set her shit up, and it looks great. And someone commented and told her um, that uh, that they had noted that she had copied me. I'm the only person on earth who's allowed to use that template, apparently. For the record, that template is Graphene, and it is the most popular WordPress template available for free. The most popular available for free template on the internet for WordPress. Um, anyway. I honestly don't know if I've got it or not, mainly because I haven't looked. <laughs> you don't because you're um you're you're not self-hosted. Anyways, no, um, they complained because her her widget menus were on the left side of the screen and mine were on the right and they ordered her to put her <clears> widgets <throat> on the right to match mine. Now, being the asshole that I am, I immediately went over to my site and put my widgets on the left so I would match Jilly. And I did that com- just out of spite and I kept it that way for almost a week until it got the best of me because I happened to be anal retentive too. <laughs> But that's why if you went over to my site, you might have noticed that my widgets were on the left. That's because I was trolling one of the people who um, um, complained to Jilly about her widgets being on the left. So, Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. The person freaked the fuck out, apparently. Mission accomplished. Mm hmm. So, rule of thumb. Don't troll my friends. I will troll you back. (laughs) The thing is, is we all talk. I mean, come on. Really? You know, it's just, it's easier and and honestly a lot, um, a lot less irritating if people just don't sit there and poke at the group of us. Because if you poke us, you know, no, we'll either ignore you or we'll use you for trolling practice. Yeah. <laughs> but I am not advocating trolling. I'm I'm just saying that you know sometimes um, if you poke somebody, they're going to poke you back. Um, and uh-huh. I, it just me, and so I kept it that way as long as I could. But I I I do have some um, OCD issues, so I had to change it back because it was freaking me out. I couldn't even go to my own homepage because I was so freaked yeah. out about it. So. Um, yeah, but, just to give you an idea how OCD she is, if her her grocery store rearranges itself, she's just all sorts of thrilled. That's because one time my grocery store rearranged and I couldn't even stay in the store. I had to leave. Because I organized my grocery list by section and by section I mean as I walk in the door everything on the front of my list is at the front of the fucking store and they changed the fucking store around and my grocery list no longer was in order and I had to go home and group shut up yeah. all of you were laughing shut the fuck up I, I can't help it it was a terrible experience um so I I girded my loins about two days later and I went back and they and they there was a person at the fucking front of the store with a with a list to to tell me where all the shit was and it wasn't just for me they were doing it for all the shoppers. 
<laughs> they handed out a store or an organizational chart for the store. <sighs> so I had to go over to Starbucks in the grocery store and get me a coffee and like redo my grocery list per the new store organization chart. And yes, I still have the organization chart. And I use it to make my grocery list shut up. <laughs> I don't even like to go into other Walmarts. And I don't understand why all the Walmarts aren't the same. <laughs> it's really annoying to go into a Walmart and it not be organized the same as the Walmart on the other side of the fucking st- city. It doesn't make any fucking sense. They should all be the same. The fucking crackers should be on the same fucking aisle in every fucking Walmart. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're. Mm. Yeah. It's one of those. It's one of those cases where, you know, I I look at it and I just uh huh, but I. I I'm also one of the people who my my mental map of places basically, you know, I, I know this particular store goes this way, this one goes that way, things are over here, things are over there. But I also walk the stores at at least, you know, once or twice a month so that way I know the way everything looks. You know, but, you know, that's my version of OCD. Yeah. I'm so terrible, actually, that I went into um, Target to get uh, something, and it wasn't where it was supposed to be. So I went to the meat guy counter, the guy the guy behind the counter, the meat. And I said, where is the, the thing? And um, he looked at me, and I think he remembered me. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, we moved it. <laughs> uh-huh. I said, really? He said, corporate made us. <laughs> he threw corporate under the bus. Corporate made us. I was like, (laughs) how dare they? Come show me where it is. It was terrible. Uh Don't do that to me. Passing the buck. Passing the buck in the finest fashion. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, yeah. I don't like it. Uh, When um, the cafe rearranged their tables, they have round square tables and they have square tables. I prefer a square table. Um, and they moved them around, and I walked in the door, and the table that I sat at by the fireplace was round instead of square, and I looked at it, and I looked at the girl behind the counter, and I looked at the table, and I said, where is he? <laughs> she said, he's in his office, it's his fault. She's like, he did it. I told him to do it. I told him not to do it, he, that you wouldn't like it. So I go in there, and I said, this is the thanks that I get for saving your coffee. Yeah, I said, you fucking moved my table. He said, how, what, how did you know? I said, it's round. You know how hard it is to write on a round fucking table? It, you know, I need a square table to rest my wrists on. What is wrong with you? So he went out there, and, and, and he moved the tables around so I could have my square table back. <laughs> Remember how you were saying my cats are spoiled? Yes. <laughs> it's more than my it's more than your pets that are spoiled. 
hey, hey, I pay to be there. I buy coffee. Not only that, I'm kind of a local attraction, so when people see me, they come in and they talk to me and they buy coffee. Mm-hmm. When I'm in there with a writing group, his revenue doubles. So I don't know. He needs to fucking not mess with my table. You're also a good last-ditch defense for his, his, you know, any roasting coffee at the time. This is true, and I can man the counter if it comes up. It has come up. I did yes, do it. You, okay, and, and I you, saved you him. Definitely qualify- I saved him fifteen hundred dollars in coffee. This was not just a pot of coffee. This was a full roaster oh. of coffee. Speaking of coffee, exactly. Okay. See? Speaking of coffee, Barb um, Barb was was an absolute and and totally lovely lady, and I don't remember if she's still in here or not. It doesn't look like it. But she went to Hawaii recently. She brought Mm -hmm. me that Kona. I can get Kona. Um, I don't. I, I like it. It's a very smooth coffee. I actually prefer African coffees over Hawaiian coffee. Um. And I actually am almost to the point where I prefer African coffee over South American coffee, which I thought would never happen. But um, I just, you know, I'm I'm really, um, yeah. Who knew? Hmm. I I honestly, I'm I'm looking at the whole thing, going, oh, that's going to be so interesting because I've never had straight up Kona before. You know, it's always been a a blend. A blend, yeah. We'll we'll see. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they want to make it, you know, last longer and, and, you know, get more bang for their buck, you know, um, and, you know, charge more for the for my coffee, but whatever. So, you know, I'm I'm definitely going to try it and, and probably keep that as the, you know, um, very special coffee that you pull out, you know, and, and sip at, you know, carefully and, joy, and joyously and, and not drink it like it's swill. I'm not someone who freezes their coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't save coffee. Um, I drink it when I get it because um, it, I don't like old coffee, number one, and, and, and it will turn and it'll get weird and not exactly bitter, but it'll. I'll just, just, I don't think it, it's going it to last much more than four or five months at that, you know, <laughs> maximum. And, and um, it will be living in a, a. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um. But uh, yeah, I um, I have had a variety of coffees. I've probably had that. I can't say it. Cow out. Yeah. K a u a i. I've I've probably had it. I've I've had um a hundred percent Kona, and I really enjoy it. It's a very smooth coffee. It um, mm-hmm. it's it's got a great uh, body. I just, I, but I honestly prefer the um. The uh, the really dark African coffees lately. It's just 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 a preference. Um, hmm. I used to be Brazil like, all the way, hmm. <laughs> but I kind of broadened my horizons. Um, I've mm-hmm. had that really stupid expensive coffee that the civet coffee mm-hmm. that comes out. The you know the cat eats it and. Um, yeah, cat like animal eats yeah. it. I've I've had that. I've had a cup of it, um, and uh, it could go anywhere from fifteen to twenty dollars for a small cup of that coffee. Um, I, I've had one, and um, it is a. I think if you're a coffee drinker, you have to have it at least once. Um, 
it does have a very smooth chocolatey flavor that doesn't make any sense and you're like really (laughs) 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 and I know, I know, I know, I know, and it's just, hmm. it doesn't make any sense, And but it's really good. It is, um, if, if you can get past the method by which it it is created uh, <coughs> and drink it, I, I highly recommend you do so. Um, I don't recommend anybody buy a whole bag of that shit or even a half a pound because it's stupid expensive. <laughs> But if you find some place that has it, like you can buy it by the cup, um, and you have $20 to waste, um, do that. Because I, it's, it's a coffee experience I think you should have if you're a coffee drinker. If you're not a coffee drinker, then don't. Don't waste your money if you're not a coffee drinker. Because if you're not a coffee drinker, you're, you're not really going to appreciate it. It's just going to be 20 bucks that you wasted to try something weird. So don't do that. Um well, it's better than the people who save up the, what is it, $1,500 or more for that one super special, ridiculously weird ice cream sundae with, you know, gold shavings and, and you know. I know what you're talking just, about. You know the one I'm talking about? Stupid people. <laughs> I looked at that thing and it's like, oh, my God, Why? I would not spend fifteen hundred dollars on any food item. I agree, that's a purse. <laughs> you know, I was I was in Macy's recently, and um, I was looking at their display of purses, and and I looked at it, and it's like, huh? No, you know, I I I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't see the 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 wonders and joys of it. Now, I'm going to tell you a quick story. We've got a minute left. I'm going to tell you a very quick story. Um, It's about (laughs) my mother. And it's terrible. And it goes like this. We're at the car dealership. This is when she was looking for her SUV that that she recently bought. Mm -hmm. And they had a vehicle on the lot that was $60,000 before financing and taxes, right? And she looked at it. Mm -hmm. and she she, She turned to me and she says, you can't even shit in that. <laughs> and I said, well, you could. And she said, okay, you can't conveniently shit in that. I said, you're absolutely right. So there you go. I I just thought yeah. I would share that with you. You guys have a great week. I will probably see you tomorrow. Um, and we'll figure out something to talk about. Say goodnight. Bye-bye, all. Good night.